So I encourage everyone to make sure that they're going to doctors that are really helping them heal and Mm -hmm. not just put Band-Aids on whatever it is that is going on in their body. Right. You're listening to Not Another Wellness Podcast with Natalie Dellinger, a place where passion speaks for itself and inspired people share their stories. Thanks for listening. And yeah, it's a wellness podcast. And welcome to episode 19 of Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie Dellinger, your host. Very excited to be here, as always, putting out this episode with Jenny Hayes, who is an integrative nutrition health coach and has an incredible story how she turned from being a self-proclaimed sugar addict Um, And being incredibly stressed out with her businesses in Colorado to moving back east and revamping her life and putting her experience to use helping other people heal themselves. And she actually just spent a good part of two hours with me this morning talking me through some big life changes that are coming up that I will happily talk about in the coming episodes So grateful for this human being. You guys are going to love this episode, truly, truly. And this audio quality is way better than last week. So thanks for bearing with me. Love you guys. Here you go. Welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie, and I'm sitting here with Jenny Hayes. She is an integrative nutrition health coach and has her own private practice in Darien, Connecticut. It's called Saltwater Wellness, which I love the name of that. So thanks for joining me, Jenny. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. How are, how is it going? Good. So let's talk about where we are and like good, how good. you got here. Well, I have a little office here in Darien that I see people... Um, one-on-one, but um, I also see clients over Zoom as well, so I have the opportunity to see clients both ways, Mm -hmm. but I created this little office that I love because I believe your environment is really important to your mood, and it's an office with no windows, so (laughs) I tried to make it really cozy and comfortable and not uh, office-like. with mirrors and windows and all that kind of stuff. So So what's Zoom for people that don't know? So you obviously have an office. You take physical clients and in person. Yep. And then I see Zoom is basically like Skype or any sort of a video conference type scenario. And that way I can um, meet with clients. I generally meet with clients every other week um, when, when I sign up when they sign up to a package with me. And um, it's really awesome because that way there's a lot less coordination. They can just you know, do a Zoom appointment with me um, with their computer at work on their lunch break and shut the door. So if you're if, if you don't have as much time um, at nights and weekends and stuff like that, it's, it makes it a lot easier for people yeah. to be able to, to fit that in. Fit it in exactly. Yeah. Yes. So what are people coming to you for? Well, interestingly, um, a little bit of my background. I um, for ten years lived out in Colorado, and I owned restaurants. Mm. Um, I had three restaurants that I owned and operated, and um, they were the complete opposite of health: um, <laughs> burger restaurants, homemade ice cream, candy, sweet shops, baked goods, like you name it. That wasn't wow. healthy. They were all um, apres ski, uh, feel good eating experiences. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. But yeah, so I a little bit different. Yeah, than... so I did that for 10 years, um, which was amazing. But um, unfortunately, it was all through, we were in three different ski resorts in Colorado. And it was um, 
all through the recession. So we kind of got through, we barely got through by the skin of our teeth. And, um, and by the time we kind of got on the other side of that, it had been about 10 years and I was ready for the next chapter. My personal health had really gone downhill, um, in terms of stress, anxiety, insomnia, um, just all the various things that come with running three restaurants and 80 employees through a recession, just you name it. I was just a basket case. Um, interestingly, though, you wouldn't necessarily have known that from the outside because I did a really good job of holding it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but inside, I was a, a mess. And um, and so in 2013, I said, I, I'm done. This has been a great ride. I've learned a lot, but I'm going to move back out east and kind of press the reset button. In doing that, I came back here and I, um, you know, I really didn't know what was next because I was already in my late 30s and it was, I had had several careers um, already, but I knew I didn't want to be into restaurants anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I was done with that. Yeah. Um, so I knew what I didn't want to do. And so I just got work for a little while. I just got jobs that didn't really, I mean, I actually worked for a big um, high-end health club for a little while in management and just to be in that environment because I, I always loved health. And eventually I decided I want to go back to school. So I went back to school at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in 2015, and I got my degree as an integrative nutrition health coach. So it was a year-long program. I was working full-time at the same time, so I did all of my school nights and weekends. And when I finished that, I kept my job that I had, but I brought it down to three days a week so I could do health coaching two days a week and keep my other job three days a week. And then just recently, I launched full-time into health coaching. So Mm. now I'm doing this full-time, which is exciting and scary all at the same time, but I love it because I really love helping people be healthier. (laughs) Especially having been where I was, which is a life filled with stress and sugar, as I like to say. (laughs) Those were the two things that ruled my life, stress and sugar. Having been in a place full of a lot of Um, mental health issues, you know, mood issues, sleep, stress, anxiety, depression, all those things, and managing it with pills. I mean, nothing to an addictive level, but, you know, not being able to sleep without without Lunesta, um, you know, being really reliant on my Wellbutrin and (laughs) my anti-anxiety, and and, and really sort of just getting through, surviving, really. Mm-hmm. I had no level of vitality. It was just survival, getting through the day. And um, and so having been there, I have no judgment with what people need to do to get through what they're going through. I'm just really happy that I have figured out that there are alternatives out there. And so I feel like I've really done a 180 and I've been my own guinea pig so that when I'm talking with clients, it's not about um, numbers, facts, figures. It's, let me tell you, I have been there. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what it feels like to stare at a ceiling all night long and not be able to sleep or or whatever it is that's going on. Um, You know, using food for emotional um, issues and, and things like that. So I've really been there and I know that there are ways to heal more naturally and so I really like to help people it's interesting that that food is still a big part of your life so it started off if you're working in the restaurant industry you obviously care about food right and the experience it brings people love food and the other side of it is that when we're busy and stressed and we use food incorrectly it can lead to x y and z and now you're still using food but yes and like you said total 
And it 360. Yes. Interestingly, though, I am still a baker. <laughs> so people always say to me, they're like, that's a little um, problematic um, in your work world that I love to bake cupcakes. Um, but again, I actually, it kind of, I joke about it, but I actually, be- it's, it's very much a part of my philosophy, which is balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Your original question, I think, which... <laughs> what I'm, do people come here I, for? Yeah, I don't think yeah. I ever really answered. No, um, I definitely love to approach health holistically. I think the word holistic has really been overused in a way that people don't even really know what it means anymore. But the, the definition of holistic is just whole, right? So mm-hmm. a tre- treating your health and your body from a holistic perspective, the whole body... Um, so it's not just about the food that goes in your mouth or the exercise logged in the gym. Um, it's you know, your, your relationships, all your relationships, not just your romantic relationships, all your relationships in your life, your career or lack of career, um, your spirituality, whatever that may mean to you. So, um, for some people that's religion for other people, it's yoga Mm -hmm. or meditation. Um, uh, so you've got, you know, your spirituality, then of course you've got your exercise, you have your nutrition, then there's stress management, sleep, all those things, all those categories, how, you know, if, any one of them, you could be eating kale all day long, but if you are a complete stress case or your marriage is falling apart, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, you, you need to approach your health holistically and balance all these areas mm-hmm. um, to, to really achieve um, health yeah. in your life. So, so interestingly, people often come to me saying, I want to eat healthier. But the reality is, is that most people actually know what they should eat. I'm not here to be the beacon of knowledge to tell you that kale is good for you. Most people already know that. It's really a question of why you're making the choices you're making. And so um, way more often than not, we end up talking about food a lot less than people think. And that ends up kind of coming back around later and also make sure this, yeah, like let's deal with all these other things. Yeah, that let's you may talk not about some much. of these other things. Yeah, because yeah. as much as I think anyone and everybody could benefit from therapy, you know, a health coach truly is a hybrid between a nutritionist, a therapist, and a little bit of life, life coaching. coaching. It's kind yeah, of all of those like, mixed together. Right. And I believe that everybody under the planet could benefit from true basic therapy. A lot of people still just don't want to do it because they see it as, um, a weakness maybe or or some like I'm not I'm not really that messed up I don't need therapy I think everyone could benefit from it but most people either you know don't want to spend the money there don't have the time or don't think that it's necessary and so what I like about what I do is there is a lot of therapy involved in what I'm doing but it's not quite you know like what happened to you when you were five years old it's more let's talk about the stuff that's really causing stress in your life right now you know and so then some stuff will percolate and surface that I had no idea what happened in the course of, of working with somebody, but it's it's fascinating when it when it does come up and then the the light bulb goes off in somebody's head and they're like, Oh my god, I had no idea that this one area of my life is what's really causing the domino mm-hmm. of all these other things, you know, and if you could clear this thing up. Right. That's obviously taking up your body's energy almost a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and then what's awesome is that you clear this other stuff up you find balance in these other areas and then food often will naturally balance itself out um because you've balanced these other areas out now that isn't always the case i mean I, i am happy i love to go through what people i always have them kind of write down uh 
a more ideal day of eating and a less ideal day. So it's usually like a Tuesday and a Saturday. <laughs> and I, I always say, I'm like, don't lie to me. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. I really need to understand so that I can give you suggestions. Uh, one of the things I do not do is total deprivation and big overhauls because um, it doesn't create sustainable change. You know, anybody can follow a really, really strict program for, let's say, a month, 30 days. You know, Whole30 is a great example. I think it's an amazing program. And people can do it for this defined period of time, but then then what happens, you know? How do you keep it sustainable? Yeah, so... So my philosophy is, um, and what I was taught in school is the concept of crowding out, which is um, bring, folding things in a little bit at a, at a time, and it crowds out the less ideal choices. So, okay, this week we're going to work on these two things, you know, and um, and so I, I often will start with breakfast. Okay, let's try to tweak this, you know, um, fold this in. So it's not this really unmanageable, overwhelming, scary thing. A lot mm-hmm. of people say to me, the reason I don't want to go come see a nutritionist is I'm afraid of all the things they're going to take away from me. Mm-hmm. And and that in and of itself is a whole topic. You know, the fear of things being taken away, the comforts. So I'll say to somebody, okay, let's go through let's go through all those things. I'm not going to take them away, I promise. But if you're drinking, yeah, it's an example of like so comfort like, for people. You think like a, a classic thing is um, weekday drinking. Let's talk about that for a second. Like people that come home after work and they're like, "Oh, I have a glass of wine at night," but they might actually be drinking three or four and not really being aware because two people, one glass of a bottle of wine is two and a half glasses approximately per person. So it's like, oh, well, there you go, the bottle's gone. You know, and it's a Tuesday night. So. Instead of saying, like, okay, no alcohol, why don't we see if we could just do one glass of wine each? Like one actual pour. Yes, yes, and then put the bottle away. or You know, and just be aware. Part of it is awareness, too. It's like, there's no judgment, but let's be aware of how much alcohol is being consumed outside of a weekend, you know, because that's, you know, again, I'm not going to say no drinking, even though alcohol is is definitely an area that a lot of people do need some tweaking. Let's just let's just observe what it is. Figure out where you are right now with no judgment and then say, "All right, let's just make a goal that instead of three glasses of wine, let's have one glass of wine or even bring it back to two and 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 figure out how you can scale it back a little bit so it's not so scary. Yeah. It's not your security blanket that I'm going to just rip away from you yeah. and then and then you're left without you know, feeling pretty vulnerable you know because you're just a little lost without those routine yeah perhaps or what do you think some of the biggest issues with drinking so frequently is for people or what can that what can that cause well the number one thing is numbing emotion you know so not actually um creating the coping mechanisms Mm. to to deal with what's going on with a stressful day yes yes something in your personal life yes so to come home after work and to just break open whatever um it's it's not really addressing what's going on so it's just a band-aid and it's numbing and um you know alcohol if not abused can be a wonderful thing because it can be fun and social and all that but if it's being used all the time in a way that you are avoiding what's really going on in your life that to me is the is the big issue now my um boyfriend is six years sober 
next week. Um, so he's really, really big in the recovery world, and he's actually brought me into the recovery world. Um, and I love it because I love helping people come up with tools and coping mechanisms um, to help with those things going on. Um, and I do a lot of stuff with essential oils and um, and, and teaching them how to breathe. breathe. <laughs> I know. You know, and, and here's the thing. Like, I... I am by no means perfect with any of this stuff. I am the worst meditator ever. I wish I could pretend like I am like so zened out and I meditate every day and it's so awesome. Don't we all? I mean, I seriously wish that I could say that. It would be so inauthentic for me to say that because um, anxiety is is my issue. Um, and I I know personally... I can feel when my breath becomes more shallow and I start getting a little more frenetic um, and I'm, I'm getting stressed out with whatever is on my plate at that moment. And then I start catastrophizing like, oh my God, I'm never going to get it all done and I'm going to fail and this is all going to be awful and I should just give up. Um, I, I understand this about myself and so I use all these tools for myself. I, I do this kind of this four cycle breathing method. I use essential oils that are really wonderful for managing cortisol and calming the nervous system down. As I mentioned, I used to be a really bad sleeper. I have completely created a a sleep, sleep hygiene is what I call it. I've created a whole new world for me in that way that has been so lovely changing life changing for me you know um and you know it's never perfect I still have periods of my life um that are stressful and I don't sleep as well but I certainly have created a situation for myself where I've got some more tools that I can reach into the toolbox for um without actually getting to the level of a panic attack or, or something like that. And so, um, it's, it's wonderful to be able to help people by saying I've been there and here are some suggestions Mm -hmm. and here are some ideas and fits for you. Yeah. Because it's different for everybody for sure. Um, yeah. Back to what you're saying. And it's so interesting. So we talked a little, you talked a little about alcohol numbing, what's going on or those feelings that you have or that stress. What else do people typically do besides alcohol? So say that person does the same thing. Like what are other ways people avoid feeling? Um, well, a lot of, this is an interesting, you're going to probably be surprised by what I say over exercising. Yeah. That's a big one. Trying to, you know, uh, ignore what's going on by just like all that aggression or sweating it out. And, and that's good. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But if the real issue is never being addressed, it's still going to be there. It's like a little cancer, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like a little tumor inside of you. And it doesn't matter if you eat perfectly clean. Um, you know, there's a, there's a it, when I was in school, they, we did a big section on, um, you know, eating disorders. And there's a, a new disorder that they call orthorexia. I don't know if you've ever heard that I've word. I've heard. I don't know exactly. It's being too orthodox or regimented about any one way of being or eating. So if you are, um, you know, a paleo eater and you freak out at the idea of one crumb of gluten going inside your body, that is, you know. Disordered eating. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's right. an extreme way of controlling your environment, mm-hmm. right? And so they call it orthorexia because one could look at it as very healthy, like I'm a, you know, like a 
I eat no carbs and, you know, it's, and, and that could be perceived as healthy, but when it goes to an extreme level or over exercising or just, just being too extreme about any one style, Mm -hmm. that again is an attempt at controlling that one part of your life because another part of your life is not in control. And so it makes you feel better that you have this one thing. But you, that you can control this one that area. That makes perfect sense. It, and it does. Yeah. And it's 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 quite textbook, but when you're in it, it, you can convince yourself of all the reasons why what you're doing is perfectly normal right. and healthy. Yeah. Um, and so helping people just uncover these little things that, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a real general statement and, and is not applicable to everybody. But in a lot of cases, these things that are going on are really treatable and manageable. But understanding that they exist is the first step acknowledgement acknowledgement <laughs> and learning how to feel and cope right you know and that's without your without self-soothing in a way that is distracting you from the problem the issue at hand right yeah because right. I I mean hearing you say okay so I could I, I mean I know people in my life right that I know do that with alcohol I mean we all do it sometimes oh, right yeah, tons. I'm more of like a go to food when it's a stressful day mm-hmm. or like food is my Soother. Soother. Yeah. And then I definitely know people that over-exercise when they're like, well, I can't deal with this when I'm feeling, so I'm going to change the mental state by running yes. or, you know, going yes. to the gym. Or, yes. It, it's so common. That's mm-hmm. my point is like, and I'm sure in someone's lifetime, they might have had one of all those things, you know? Oh, yeah. I know I have. I mean, I know yeah. that I have, have definitely um, been obsessive in a lot of different ways. Um, you know... It's really interesting. We, my boyfriend and I went um, about a month ago. His rehab facility um, uh, has these kind of continuing ed workshops, essentially, to help for all alumni. And there was one, um, his rehab was out in Arizona, but they did one in Stanford. It was all day with this amazing psychiatrist. And the subject was how to manage low grade chronic stress and anxiety without substance. And the whole it was all day it was like eight to four and and anyone could go I mean if even if you weren't an alumni you know family or um of alumni could attend and all day I mean I was just like listening to this doctor and he was so it was so fascinating listening to him talk about the way and I studied a lot of this in school as well the way our world is now is that we have accepted so there's two types of Stress. There's chronic stress and there's acute stress. So acute stress is, you know, like a, a death in the family, a, a horrible accident, a health diagnosis. You know, that's acute stress. Low-grade chronic stress is the real problem that we are dealing with right now. And in the health and wellness world, they really understand it's contributing to a lot of chronic disease because what's happened is, is that we have accepted low-grade chronic stress as a part of our existence away. So when you've got cortisol, the stress hormone, kind of constantly seeping into your body, the body is always in a heightened alert state of stress. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you know, our bodies have not really evolved that much from caveman days, as we've heard the the comparisons. Our body doesn't know if it's being chased by, you know, a saber-toothed tiger or if it's just, you know, stressed by the pile of bills, you know, on your desk. Um, The body can't really distinguish that. So when it's in this chronic state of, um, you know, uh, 
unrest or well, know, it's or... it's really um, uh, a, a state of um, I'm, I'm missing the word right now, but it's it's trying to protect itself because it. It, the body thinks it's in danger of mm-hmm. some sort. And so what, what happens, it's really fascinating. I mean, this doctor was talking to us about this, and I knew some of it intuitively, but, you know, when we go into that fight-or-flight response, it, well, fight-flight-or-freeze, actually, is the third response um, that, that psychiatrists will talk about. But when we go into that fight-or-flight response, blood gets drawn from um, the, the brain and the intestinal tract to fuel the muscles to prepare to fight flight to fight or flight. The problem with that is is that we aren't actually running anywhere <laughs> and we're not really fighting anyone. And so then we cognitively are more impaired and digestively are more impaired. And having less of the blood yeah. to what we need to, to exactly. Go. Interesting. Yeah, it's really really fascinating what is happening in that fight or flight response. And for those of us that are in it all the time our body cannot repair the way it needs to. So, and I'm not talking about even just the sleeping hours. I'm talking about, like, he had this amazing chart up, and he was sort of showing us the way, you know, if you have if you have a line on the lower level, I'm going to try to describe this to the listeners as best as possible, but if you have a line on the lower level, which is just us breathing normally, and we're very calm, and there's no adrenaline or cortisol being released, then you've got the middle line, which is sort of the low-grade chronic stress, which we need to function in life. We need to succeed or function in life. And then the third line above it is more in the, like, getting closer to a panic attack, all right? The problem is if we're always sort of at that middle line, we're, the, the distance between the middle line and the upper line is much shortened. Right. And what ideally we should be doing is that we should be at the very lower line coming up to the middle line when we need it and then coming back to the lower line all the time, mm-hmm. throughout the day, you know, coming back down to that lower line. But we generally just stay in that middle line. Mm-hmm. And so it's it causes a lot of problems in the body. The immune system gets suppressed as a result of the constant cortisol there's I'm sure everyone's heard of adrenal fatigue all these systems in the body get broken down by the fact that we have just accepted stress in our life all the time and haven't taught ourselves how to breathe deeply like deep diaphragmatic breath not up in the chest belly breathing right? yeah belly breathing exactly and so um understanding that that stress people people wear it like a badge of honor they're like oh i only need four hours of sleep i'm fine i'm like okay you're an idiot that's not true at all um and if you think it's true like you've just learned to survive that way but that you know like you're the you know they understand now that most disease starts with chronic inflammation okay whether we're talking about cancer to alzheimer's to irritable bowel like inflammation in the body is sort of the foundation to most disease you know, disease is just, if you break the word up, dis-ease. And um, a lot of people don't think of it that simply. You know, from a cold to cancer and everything in between, it's the body being no longer at ease. And so when you've got inflammation as a result of um, stress, you know, um, toxicity in the body that just goes in whether we know it or not through toxicity in the air or poor eating or whatever, um, not exercising enough, all the different things that create inflammation in the body, um, you know, it's, 
it's no wonder people don't understand that these basic little things that are happening in the body that are the original red flags that don't really cause them a lot of issue because it's like oh I, I can get by with the fact that you know like I'm kind of constipated all the time or whatever the issue is. It doesn't affect their daily life. And so a little red flag is popping up in the form of um, migraine headaches or um, irritable bowel or, or um, allergies, skin issues, psoriasis, eczema, like all these various things that are sort of popping up that, again, don't cause their life to stop. And so they just keep going. That's the body's original way of saying hey you know I'm kind of not happy right now like this isn't not yeah something's off right and and it often starts with these other things that we've talked about like not sleeping and chronic stress and um you know not eating well or not exercising enough you know what this is personal thing but I've been clenching my jaw for like the past month and um I didn't even notice Mm -hmm. until I was on vacation with a dentist (laughs) a new new dentist Uh my friend who um new friend, just became a dentist. And she was like, yeah, you won't believe it, though. Like, the amount of people that come in with this, with jaw pain and how it leads to this, 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 and I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a second. My jaw's been hurting lately. And I didn't, I had been, I mean, maybe it happened long ago before this, but until she brought my, until I became aware by hearing about this, jaw clenching or whatever it was, I had no idea that I was waking up with a sore jaw in the morning. Right, I right. just never. It's like I could deal with that pain. I almost accepted that as my normal. Right, but and that's what everyone. But, but that's what everyone. You just nailed it on the head. You, you that your jaw pain in the morning is not stopping you from going on with your life. Right. Okay. So this is your first. This is your first like thing where you're feeling like, like okay, that's weird. Like, like, like I never noticed that wasn't normal. Like my stress is somehow manifesting itself in my sleep while I sleep. Yeah. You know, like so. <laughs> And and you're it's unconscious, yeah. right? You're not like actively, do, you know. So I'm even realizing that I'm stressed, right? That's that's the first thing, and it's so funny because I can think, you know, I've read the books about it, or I've listened to people talk about this kind of thing, yeah. And then it's going on in my own life, and I'm not even paying attention, right? I'm not taking the time to notice. And and there's also a fine balance between being a hypochondriac and noticing what's going on in your body, right? But mm-hmm. but I think that that you can find a really happy medium of like, all right. Um, I'm taking note of that. Like, so let's figure out maybe some ways to calm myself down a little bit before going to sleep. So I actually have a jaw clenching issue as well because I know this about myself too. It's like I do it. That's, I add that into my whole routine before going to sleep is sort of like a calming routine that I do. And then I actually put a little bit of, um, there's, there's an essential oil that relaxes muscle. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I put it like right Right on my jaw there before bed. Because I have, especially, especially, I don't need it all the time, but if I know, I can tell before I go to bed on nights that I probably will. What it's going to be like. If I've had a very annoying, stressful day or whatever it is, like, I know it's going to happen, and so I'll get ahead of it. Um, But that's, that's sort of, you know, like, noticing the little red flags as they're popping up and getting ahead of them before it becomes full-blown autoimmune disorders that, Absolutely. you know, like, is is really what's going on yeah. now that's so crazy. I mean, every person that walks in my door has got... Yeah, so, that know. was my question, actually. So what are the people coming to, what's the moment, what's the straw that breaks the camel's back? What makes them say, you know what, I, can't I, need, to, I need to, like, just have someone else take a look at my own life because yeah. I'm having... Because that's, you know, what I imagine right. it feels like. Well, most people will go to a doctor first, right? Because that's the way we're conditioned to be and that's I'm not anti-doctor by any stretch um the the issue is depending on 
what kind of doctor you go to, you're going to have a totally different experience. So I'm obviously a big fan of functional doctors, integrative doctors. And for anyone that doesn't even know what that means, an integrative doctor is a doctor that, that is Western-trained MD that blends Eastern philosophies in. So it's an integration of Western and Eastern belief. A functional doctor is a doctor that looks as, at the body as one functioning whole. So, Which should be the way. It sh- of course it should be, <laughs> but we have such specialized medicine that they know their disease or their body part. But, you know, like if you've got eczema or psoriasis or some sort of skin issue and, and then you get some topical steroidal cream, like that's not a dermatologist logical issue like what's happening it's presenting itself in the form of a rash but that's most likely something that's going on in the gut actually you know that that is inflammation that cause autoimmune yeah so it's like right yeah so if you are going and getting a, a pharmaceutical you know, in some cases we need that. Of course, you need an antibiotic when you need an antibiotic. Um, but we take them so much now that we're not actually really addressing the root issue, the real issue that's going on in the body. And so to dig deeper down, unlayer, to figure out what the, the root issue is. There's a, When I was in school, I loved this analogy. Um, if, there, if you have a houseplant and the leaves turn yellow... Western medicine will just paint the leaves green. <laughs> I love that. And and say, "Oh, it's fine. Our plant it's got the leaves are green, it's fine. It There's looks no, fine. no it's totally fine. <laughs> no big deal." Whereas what Eastern medicine will be like, "Okay, time out. Like what's going on with the soil and the sun and the water and the nutrients and the, and the, the, the yeah. water." And let's figure out whatever. why those leaves have just turned that is yellow. the best like yeah. analogy it's, for it's so simple, How right? Treat things. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> I, I encourage anyone, I love my doctors as long as they are doctors that care and ask questions and want to get to the root of the issue. You know, naturopath physicians are amazing. I love them. I actually, so I have a, like a functional doctor and a naturopath and I like working with both because I, I always want to approach my health as naturally as possible. But, you know, occasionally you need an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually happened to me this winter. I I didn't want to take it, but I'm not an idiot. You're not going to let an infection cause a problem in right. your body. So I did the antibiotic, but I was really happy to have my naturopath physician to like give me all the other Keep stuff. You balanced yeah. without that yeah. causing too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to make sure that they're going to doctors that are really helping them heal and mm-hmm. not just put band-aids on whatever it is that is going on in their body. Right. Um, so people started a doctor, though. You were saying like they go to yeah, a doctor's so office. Yeah, they, so they go there first. And so depending on what happens in that process, then, you know, if they've tried, so let's say someone's just got chronic acid reflux and they've tried everything and they, you know, and they're just so tired of being sick. That's generally when they're like, I'll try anything. I'll do anything. And that's when they ultimately end up going sort of the more natural route because they've tried the conventional, the conventional stuff, which is unfortunate that it doesn't go the other way around because, you know, all of us that are in the, in the holistic natural side of things, we approach health preventatively, you know, because we, our medical system is, we have a disease maintenance medical system, not a disease prevention medical system. And, you know, once you're sick, this is the country you want to be in. We're really good at taking care of acute illness, um, but avoiding getting sick, we're really bad. I, I read an article that we're rated like 52 in the world or something at like 
disease prevention, you yeah, know? And, and it's so interesting to link that back to culturally the chronic level, um, what, the, the level of stress that we all carry around, mm-hmm. being high achievers, wanting yeah. everyone's working, everyone yeah. works long hours, and that what that does and how that is just related. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, the, a, it's one big physical. cycle. It's, a, it's an absolute vicious cycle. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, it's unfortunate that people don't, kind of approach things a little more preventatively they'll you know go to the doctor try the meds the the meds don't work the meds cause other issues in their body and then they're upset because now everything's really out of whack um and they're on four or five different medications for various things and it's just a mess it's a total mess so often like my job a naturopath physician's job is to kind of um scale back and and unwind the damage that's occurred um you know acid reflux is a perfect example people take acid reflux medication all the time um and i personally think it's one of the biggest contributors to a lot of other health issues because what's happening is you take the proton pump inhibitor is what it's called and it reduces the acidity level in the stomach which is great in the sense that when the acid comes up the esophagus, it doesn't hurt as much, but it hasn't actually stopped the acid from coming up. So then you have acid in your stomach that the pH level, instead of it being as acidic as battery acid, which it should be, it's more neutralized, you know, like vinegar, and it won't digest the food. Yeah. So then the food is going into the intestinal tract, Partially partially digested. It goes in. The the system doesn't understand it or recognize it because it's not broken down. The immune system sees it as a a threat, an invasion, or a problem. The immune system has a huge response. There you have inflammation. Your stomach bloated out of here like you're having a child. So that is the cycle. And it all started with the acid reflux medication. Whereas, you know, a naturopath or myself is going to say, all right, What's causing acid reflux? We need to eliminate some stuff mm-hmm. to get the acid reflux to stop. And then you fold stuff back in to then see what's really causing it. Because you, you can't just neutralize the acid. You need to stop it from actually yeah. coming up the esophagus. What are some examples of doing that? So, like, so for example, I had a client who what I had her do was, because, of course, she was afraid of me taking all the things that she loves away. So I said, all right, for a couple of weeks, we're going to do a food journal, and you really have to do it. You have to write down everything you're eating, and then you need to write down exactly when the reflux is occurring with times and everything. And we're going to track this. We're going to li- literally watch it. Well, sure enough, red wine was pretty much always, and red meat were the two things that were causing her reflux. So I said, all right. I know you don't want to let it go, but we're going to take it out. We're going to take it out for a month, and we're going to see what happens. And she did. She took it out. She had no idea how sick she had felt. And so by the time she actually got rid of those triggers that were really causing the problem, she felt so good that she didn't really want to go back to that. And we figured out ways to fold other things in that made her feel as happy and good. And, you know, she's still going to have a steak and some red wine, but we also had healed what's going on and we give you know digestive enzymes and she's got probiotics and she's healed her her digestion in a way that when she does fold those things back in her system isn't as angry so it's not causing as many issues Hmm. so you know really understanding what's causing the problem in your body is the first step you know bringing it back so that things can heal because it takes 
it depends on who you talk to, but it takes about 30 days, a minimum of 30 days for the, for things to heal inside the body. So take those triggers out for 30 days, let things heal and calm down. So it's not so angry. Mm -hmm. And then you fold things back in slowly, one at a time, not together to figure out which is worse, where is there, there, where there might be more of a problem or less of a problem. And then you figure out how to create a system, so to speak, that works. Right, or like a healthier balance. Yeah. You don't have to give up everything. Yeah, yeah. Going forward. Because yeah. if you want to have, right, if it's the red wine, but that's, you want to have that on. Yeah, but then she was, yeah. she was started sleeping, okay? So obviously she wasn't sleeping because her acid reflux was so bad at night because you're generally drinking red wine at night. Right. So then she started sleeping and she's like, oh, it, the domino effect, it, it, I generally don't have to do anything because once they experience feeling good again, so they, keep that momentum. They basically <laughs> don't want to go back. So it's and it's not like you're eliminating everything. It's usually one or two things that are causing a problem in, in, a, in a person's body. I mean, yeah. in some cases, it's more severe. But but she's like, I don't even want it. I don't want it. I don't. I, I, like I I'm sleeping. I wake up on Saturdays. I'm feeling so good. Like I don't. Why would I compromise? This well, I don't want to do that anymore. The yeah. feeling of what I got from red wine isn't better than how I feel without it so it's I it's that. yeah it's so interesting like this whole concept because people are so busy and it just takes a little bit of attention that's mm -hmm. like the like you keep saying mm -hmm. like just notice these things mm -hmm. to that can create incredible change that will yeah. then make your life even better and I just feel like everyone could benefit from this but and what I'm most curious about um as we wrap up is things that you do that keep your life balanced. Mm -hmm. how, how do you um, tune in when you're helping everyone else? How do you tune in with yourself? To well, it's interesting because when you are, when you're like an, an empath type person, you know, an empathetic person that's like really listening to other people's stuff, it's hard to not take some of that on. Um, some people are much better at it than I am. But, um, but you know, managing all that is tricky, and I am my own health coach all the time, and I am by no means perfect. I people always laugh; they'll see me out, and they're like, "You're gonna eat that?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I'm not perfect. Like, I am a normal human being, and and I have my vices as well." But but understanding, I truly, I would say, in a nutshell, um, I first of all, I've always been good at doing. Um, blood panels and sort of annual checkups to make sure that everything in my body is kind of where it needs to be. Um, I do take vitamins and supplements because I am of the belief, it's highly debated, but I am of the belief that even if you ate a perfectly clean, nutritious diet, our food doesn't have the same nutrition that it used to. I read somewhere that you have to eat 10 to 12 apples today to get the same nutrition as an apple from 1950. So even if it's an organic apple, which I encourage everyone to eat organic food, um, it's just not nearly as nutritionally dense because of over farming and not turning the soils the way we used to and, um, you know, soil depletion and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I believe that some really good quality vitamins and supplements are not all the same. Um, so high quality is there vitamins. a brand you'd recommend? I, it depends because I actually have different ones for different. different yeah, things, yeah, so it's sort of hard for me to nutshell it. But like a high-quality multi, high-quality fish oil, high-quality probiotic, um, those are some basics that I feel mm -hmm. everyone should be on. And then in a lot of cases, people need vitamin D. A lot of cases, people need magnesium, um, iron. You know, it just sort of depends on, on the what is going on in each person's 
uh, diet. And so, so I am a believer of supplementation. Um, I am a believer in sort of the 80, 20 rule where I eat really well or as best as I can 80% of the time and 20% of the time I let myself do what I want. So that's generally, you know, like, um, the, you know, weekday weekends type balance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of essential oils, therapeutic, great essential, like good essential oils. Um, I happen to work with doTERRA and I think they're great and I just love the way they help me with, um, mood balancing and, um, really intense, potent nutritional supplementation in addition to vitamins. Um, so that's a really cool thing that I layer in. Um, and you know, as I call myself mostly plant-based, I love protein. I could never be a vegetarian. I've tried it. I tried vegan. I tried vegetarian. I've tried it all just because I wanted to. Yeah, I'm the same way. But so my whole thing, my hashtag on my on my Insta, my saltwater wellness Instagram is, you know, mostly plant-based. Um, but I do have, um, you know, like as many plants as possible, um, lean proteins. I'm a big, big fan of high, healthy fats. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, avocado, healthy oils, nuts, seeds, all that kind of stuff. I'm a big, big fan. Um, And as low sugar and um, carbs as possible. And then on a Friday night, I'll have a piece of pizza, you know? So it's just, it's just like, but for the most part, I try to be as balanced as I can. But if I did total deprivation, it just wouldn't work for me because the more I deprive, the more I actually want. want. So yeah. So I just try to do really well. Um, yeah. And I'm not an over, yeah. And I'm not an over exerciser either. I I mean, exerciser either. I would say I, I exercise, um, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is sort of my thing. And then if I can get a fourth in on the weekend, great, but I feel pretty good with that balance, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's all, my whole thing is balance. You know, yeah. and and slow, sustainable changes, baby steps that create a habit. So then you're not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big overhaul that's unsustainable. It's let's try this for the next two weeks. Okay, you've mastered that. You're good there. Let's fold in another little change for the next two weeks. And and eventually you're doing these things without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like a pain. It doesn't yeah. feel like a nuisance. It's just a part of your n- new lifestyle. You know, yeah. it's that there's no diet. There's no... I'm doing this for a month. It's, this is how I'm going to eat. Yeah, living and being... In a, yeah, imbalance. What, yeah. What, what, what do you do for exercise, out of curiosity? Um, so I, well, I'm a big fan of um, HIIT-style workouts, so high-intensity interval training. Um, I have a, I have my own issue. I have <laughs> bone spurs in, in the joint of both my big toes, so I can't really do any long-term cardio running type thing where my toe is constantly bending. So I love to do kind of really hard 30-minute um hit style workouts mm-hmm. Tabata you know do as many burpees as you can for 60 seconds and then rest for 15 seconds you know that sort of thing so you're it's resistance training and cardio all built in in a you know condensed, condensed 30 minutes intense. big bang yeah. for your buck you're dripping with sweat but you're in and out and I actually think it really works for me because I'm not um totally exhausted um, but I feel like I get a great workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that like three, three, four. Yeah. Three yeah. Yeah. So, and then I try to, I try to fold in some, um, stretching too. yoga. I really think. I recovery. Say, recovery. Yeah. I, I need to be a little better at that, but I try to make one of those four, some sort of stretching yoga, uh, 
Pilates type exercise that um, that really lengthens and strengthens mm-hmm. your your muscles um, and and also kind of calms that nervous system down as well. Yeah, so. it just feels good when you're sore too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. To absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. Last awesome. two questions for you. What is like your favorite way to start your day and end your day, or like, and then maybe t- three p.m. lull. Like, how do you handle? Okay. Your day? So I start my day with a big glass of water and I use lemon essential oil. So a couple drops of lemon oil in my water and just, just a big glass of water. I don't do, hot water is great, but it's one more step that I just yeah. can't deal with. So <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm a big fan of hot water if you want to do it because it's very cleansing, but you um, wait for it to cool down. Yeah. <laughs> lemon oil, it, two drops of lemon oil is equivalent to 30 lemons. So it's incredibly potent and it's, wow. it's really cool. Um, so I do a big glass of water with two drops of lemon oil. And then, um, after that, I have one cup of coffee. I am I'm not anti caffeine. I do yes. I try to I try to keep it to one, yeah. and I try to keep all my caffeine before noon. Um, that's those are sort of my rules. Um, and so I have a cup of coffee, and I've actually been playing around with intermittent fasting lately. Mm. So I'm not really eating anything until like ten or eleven. So so my big water and my lemon oil, and then a cup of coffee is sort of my morning. Um, Afternoon lull, I again, as I said, I try to stay away from caffeine in the afternoon if mm-hmm. I can um, because the half-life of caffeine is eight hours. So it's still in your body no matter what. Even if you think it's not, it is, and it does affect sleep. That's a really important point. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's really, I took a, I took a whole course on caffeine because I was fascinated by it. Um, and here's the thing. Here's a little trick. Um, uh, a typical cup of coffee is 200 milligrams of caffeine. Um, and a, a latte, okay, so ounce for ounce, people always think espresso has so much more caffeine than coffee, and it does ounce for ounce. But you drink 12 or 16 ounces of coffee, you only drink one or two ounces of espresso in a latte. And so that, depending on the place, and it varies, but typically a shot of espresso has 50 milligrams of caffeine. So if you're doing a latte with all, almond milk, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of, of nut milks, um, you're actually getting a lot less caffeine than a cup of coffee. That is a big misconception. I, I know, I know. And I, when I took this course, they were like, you know, um, a cup of tea is typically 50 milligrams of caffeine. Oh. Um, and, and it depends on if you do one or two shots. So if you're looking for a little bump of caffeine without, and, and it's the later afternoon, do a latte with one shot. Single shot latte. Yeah, and, and that's like, that's my little trick that I teach people. But I also love, I do, um, if I need have that lull in the afternoon, I'm just like, don't want caffeine. Um, peppermint oil is like, I breathe in some peppermint oil and it just like wakes your whole body up. It's really, really energizing. Ooh. So that's a little trick. And then the way I end my day, um, I have a routine because I'm a big believer in routine. Just like when you're a baby and you've got a newborn and you do these routines before bedtime with toddlers, we somehow think that as we age, we don't need routine anymore, but um, unconsciously, when you create that routine before bed, your brain slowly understands it's time to start shutting down, even though it's unconscious. So do, doing the same thing every single night is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So I try to s- shut screens down at least about a half hour before bed. I have my little routine with my essential oils that I do. I have a diffuser by my bed. So I get that going, wash my face, brush my teeth, and I do it all kind of in the same order. I mean, I'm not like OCD, but you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I, I try to kind of do this whole routine and then I turn, I have a noise machine and I turn my little noise machine on and then, 
and then I go to bed. And that's like my little routine for about that half hour before sleep. And so by the time I'm getting to bed, I'm like really kind of, my room is all zen out. It's all prepared. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like you're planning it out to, have, to be like a good experience. Like yeah. Like prepping the space. Yeah, exactly. And, they, and your environment's huge. And people don't understand that. So I, I, I talk with my clients a lot about noise machines and uh, diffusers besides that beside their bed with oils in it because it's very um, calming to the senses mm-hmm. without being sedative. So if you take a sleep medication, that's sedative, and that is why you're a little more groggy in the morning, whereas oils and herbs and more natural approaches, it actually just kind of calms the nervous system down without being sedative. So that's okay. really your goal. Um, and, yeah, and relax, to, calm, yeah, soothe. Calm yourself down, yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's, that sounds so nice. Just and hearing I, that, I'm like, oh, I try to yeah. be really consistent about it. Like, yeah. even on a Friday night when I roll in kind of late, I'll try to sort of, I definitely skip the face washing. I'm not going to lie. But, like, I try, to turn, I try to turn my diffuser on even if it's, like, 1 in the morning. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, in? like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. I might have put a few too many drops oh. in. But whatever. The point is, is that yeah. I... You, the consistency with any routine is is hugely beneficial to your health. So, um, so I try to. That sounds amazing possible. and very practical and not you're not yeah. It's not minutes, that hard. It's, it's not. And I, t- you know what? I, here's what I'll say at last. And this might sound a little extreme, and I don't mean for it to sound. Uh, I don't know how it's going to come across, but when people are like, "Ugh, I don't want to take vitamins. It's such a pain. I don't want to add this to my routine." I'm like, you know what? You know what a pain is chemo that's a pain you know getting really sick that's a pain taking some vitamins trying to get some sleep managing your stress it is not a pain let's put things into perspective and I try to be kind about it because I understand that creating this stuff is sometimes the the habits it's hard to do it's a big learning curve but but let but let's put it in perspective getting sick is a pain Mm -hmm. like really sick I don't mean a cold I mean like getting really really sick in a debilitative way is is that's pain. Sure. <laughs> Taking some vitamins in the morning is not a pain. So that's 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 my concluding. Uh, <laughs> that is perfect. Thank statement. you so much for that. And that's that's a good reality check. I mean, it's it's so true. And and your body is the only one you got. And it's like, gosh, you just need to treat. We all well. just need the reminder, and yeah. we need some help sometimes. And that's yeah. okay. In general, it's never too late. I always people are always like, oh, I'm too far gone, too far past. You know, like I, I it, this is just the way I am. That's my favorite. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, sit down. Yeah, we've got some work to do, but it's it's never it's never too late to be healthier. That's great. That's great. Well, this was awesome. Um, and thank you so much for talking and sharing your story and what you do. And how can people find you? Um, so my website is saltwaterwellness.com. Um, my, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Those are two, my two main social media outlets. Um, saltwater wellness is salt underscore wellness underscore, I'm sorry, salt oh. underscore water underscore wellness. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are, and then the wet, just the website and you can find me any of those ways. And yes. as I said, even if you're not local, I do a lot of, a uh, work with people over, um, Skype and zoom and, I even have an international client that I do it through WhatsApp. <laughs> so oh yeah, gosh. so it's um, so it's it's easy to do Great. even if you're not um, here in person. And again, I love helping people. So yeah, so amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank it was so you. Nice to meet you too. Very nice to meet you. I'm glad to be here. So thank you for interviewing me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>
awesome. Love it. Seriously, love it, love it, love it. Jenny, you're amazing. And thank you so much for your time just helping me talk through my life this morning. I'm so grateful for all these amazing connections that this podcast has allowed me to have. And I'm looking for more. So I am specifically looking to interview people in the health and wellness space, entrepreneurship, spirituality, yoga, meditation, health, nutrition, um, counseling, therapy, literally any of those topics. Uh, if you're somebody listening and you're local to me, please reach out. My email is notanotherwellnesspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm also very uh, hopeful that you guys listening will go ahead and rate me on iTunes. It helps so much me with me spreading the word and getting getting uh, connected to other podcasters. So if you could log into iTunes and just give me a rating, you can be totally honest, but I prefer if it was, uh, you know, somewhat positive that would be awesome and check me out on instagram naturally underscore nomadic have a fantastic day